0: Good morning from WKYT News, I'm Bill Bryant. We welcome you to Kentucky Newsmakers and certainly hope you're enjoying your weekend. Interesting discussion today. It's part of a concerning national trend. Lexington has seen an uptick in violence, especially shootings, and it's showing no signs of slowing down. There may be an encouraging signal. We'll ask about that with our our guest today. Victims are often young with promising lives that are cut short. The death of a 10-year-old in a murder-suicide last weekend again brought the problem into clear focus. The initiative called One Lexington is attempting to engage young people, community, and faith groups, and business in an effort to make the city safer. Running that program for the city is Lexington native Divine Karama, a local hip hop artist and activist with deep roots in the community. He's also taught college courses, raising his family here in Lexington. Has uh, quite the background, Divine. Thank you for coming. We no appreciate it very much. Good to see again. And again, we get together after yet another streak of violence. Uh, yeah. And Lexington is coming off back-to-back years of uh, record homicides. Uh, this year again is off to a tough start. Are you frustrated that? even with the robust efforts that are underway, uh, that these things keep happening?
1: I, th- I think I'm, I'm hurt more than anything, um, and not even as a director of One Lexington, um, just as a, a native of Lexington. Um, obviously, as an African-American, as um, some of these shootings disproportionately are impacting young black males on both sides of the gun. And so for me, I'm just hurt, um, just as a native. Um, but I do think we are doing good work. Um, I think we got a budget coming up with more support um, being levied upon our efforts to try to reduce violence. So I am hopeful. Um, I'm hurt. I'm sad, um, but I'm hopeful.
0: I mean, you're saying it's really not the Lexington you grew up in. No, no.
1: You know, growing up, um, there were disparities. Um, You know, there was there was poverty, um, you know, food insecurity and other issues. But we didn't see the violence that we're seeing today. Um, and in my experience when I look at the national trend obviously COVID has a huge part in that Um, so many of the resources um, that were kind of leveling those most vulnerable families out were in the school system and so you take those resources away for an entire year Um, you couple that with the sickness and the death that we saw the the mental um, health issues that arose because of the pandemic. I think a lot of our most vulnerable young people were struggling, including my children, and so I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, I think gang culture is on the rise nationally. Um, which do is, do you can, are you concerned about that locally? Um, I am. Um, although I feel uh, the majority of our shootings are personal conflicts, where there's more guns on the street. Um, there's a culture of gun violence that's, that's being almost glorified in music and social media. And so um, when we talk about conflict, oftentimes they're going to the gun to resolve those conflicts. But uh, we are seeing a rising gang culture in Lexington as well. And so we have our eye on that. I know law enforcement does. And we're trying to figure out ways that we can be an alternative to that lifestyle for a lot of these young people that are looking to be a part of something. What are some of the ideas that are kicked around? Sure. So, one, and I think nothing can um, um, replace this in its engagement, right? We have to meet young people where they are. Uh, We can't speak at them. um, We can't speak for them. We can't speak from a distance. But how do we directly engage? And it's not just those that are safe. Um, It's got to be those young people who um, have the most barriers and, and, you know, may be the most high risk. We got to engage those young people. Uh, we got to provide them with an alternative. We got to see what are the root causes that are leading them to join gangs, um, pick up firearms, and engage in conflict. And then we got to attack those root issues.
0: Is it those uh, community-based programs that were, you know, very popular twenty, thirty years ago, and 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 were proliferated throughout the community that were going on? Uh, Some of those have been scaled back and, and, as you say, disrupted by uh, the the pandemic and so forth. Is that the kind of thing that uh, that makes a key difference, or is it deeper than that?
1: I think it's part of it, but I think it's deeper than that, Bill, because, yes, we need programming, right? We need uh, more mentors. We need more street outreach workers. We need more things for young people to do um but a lot of this is is deeply embedded within communities in Lexington. So when we talk about um systemic racism, which was a hot button issue in 2020, um but it seemed to be a trend for a lot of people and we don't talk about it anymore, but those issues are often risen above the surface whenever there's a um a drastic change in society like a global pandemic or a war or the stock market crashes the people that are most vulnerable get hit the worst and so we got to find a way to eliminate these disparities or we're going to see this again in 10 years five years we can put a band-aid on it and see the numbers drop a little bit and and we can feel good about ourselves but if we're going to be right back here in three or five years what do we really do when you look around uh, for uh, accountability, uh, yes.
0: where is it? Uh, is it at uh, City Hall? Is it uh, within the police department? Is it uh, uh, judges who make decisions about uh, uh, release and so on? Yeah. Or is it
1: uh, you know neighborhoods with limited opportunities? Sure. To be honest, I think it's all of us. I think a lot of people look at Devon Karama as the director of One Lexington. We're going to put it all on his shoulders. I think a lot of people um put all the pressure on the mayor the police department but one one thing i've learned being in this job now a little over seven months is how many moving parts there are this is literally going to take all of us i think all of us have a part to play in that accountability for our young people our education system our parents at home um, our policy makers and lawmakers our elected officials law enforcement courts probation parole myself all of us have a part to play. And the only way we're going to defeat this and truly reduce violence, we all have to play our part. And I believe our city is doing their best to do that.
0: Do you feel that there is, uh, at this point, uh, you know, people are on the same page in, in trying to move
1: forward? Or are they just you know, a, a table full of ideas and no real coordination of it? Well, I think that's kind of where... Um, I kind of come into play Um, I give you a prime example really short every Wednesday we have a violence intervention meeting Um, prosecutors police officers share Fayette County Public Schools victim advocacy agencies all come to the table when we discuss incidents that happened the week prior And in real time in these meetings, we're able to discuss wraparound services for gunshot victims, mentoring services that may need it, families that need to be relocated. It's that type of synergy and, I think, coming together um, that we're really going to see the results that we want to see.
0: Are there more aggressive steps that the the city could take?
1: Well, I I will say this. When I was hired, and, and of course, I got a million ideas and and things I want to do, I miss the annual budget, and so we've been operating the last six or seven months without a budget, essentially, and no staff, um, but the mayor is committed to supporting One Lexington moving forward, so we're working through a budget now, and I think when that budget comes through, I think we'll be able to take some more steps um, towards violence intervention and prevention.
0: How important is it to be uh, proactive rather than reactive when these things happen? You know,
1: We have to be have to be bill I mean we can again we can intervene right Um, but again we may stop violence for a short period of time but we got to start looking at the root causes and then attacking those root causes before it even happens gun violence starts way before the gunshot right so what are the disparities what are the mental health deficiencies what are things that are leading to what we're seeing and then we got to go there as opposed to wait until it happens everybody starts to panic and we're trying to intervene Prevention has to be a primary focus in, in what we're doing and in the work that we do every day.
0: You talk about teamwork and bringing everybody together, and you've mentioned businesses and organizations working yeah. together. Uh, are they stepping up in, in, in the numbers that you would like to see? Um, are you able to form those partnerships?
1: Yeah, I think so, um, slowly but surely. i give you one example. We created a um, Be the Change scholarship for Bryan Station High School seniors of color who are going and pursuing a criminal justice degree, $20,000 scholarship. Um, $10,000 was put up by Galls um, Right here in Lexington on the north side, the other $10,000 was put up by Central Bank. Um, and this is a renewal renewable scholarship for four years. And that's the type of relationships that we've been able to build. Those are the type of things that businesses within the community are doing to step up. One, this clothing boutique is offered gifts to young people who are using art um, to talk about gun violence within the community, Soul Roses is another clothing company um, that has been highly engaged and working with our youth. And so it's those kind of unconventional partnerships that come outside of city government that we're going to need, and hopefully that sends a signal to more um, to come in and get involved.
0: Divine, what has uh, uh, surprised you pleasantly, and <laughs> what has disappointed you uh, in the, in these uh, these months you've been in this position?
1: Sure, I th- I, I'll start with the. The good first, Um, I think I'm growing a lot. Um, I think I mentioned um, this with you when we sat down before that um, this is truly pushing me um, and I'm truly understanding how much of an all-in job this is. And so I think I'm a better person, a better father and a husband to be honest because of this job and what it's taught me. And so, and I'm understanding the impact that we have, we could potentially have on communities that are struggling each and every day. I think the hardest part of the job um, is understanding that it's thankless. Um, when we do see good things happening in the community, we're not going to get the credit. But best believe, you know, you're you're front and center when it's time for criticism. But to be honest, it's to be expected, and I'm okay with that. And so. Um, PLENTY OF OTHER SURPRISES, BUT YOU TAKE THEM IN STRIDE AND YOU JUST CONTINUE DOING THE
0: WORK. THERE ARE INDICATIONS uh, AROUND THE COUNTRY, YOU KNOW, THIS IS A TREND, AS YOU'VE as we've NOTED, IS, is yeah. NATIONAL, AND that, uh, that, THAT PEOPLE GENERALLY APPARENTLY SUPPORT MORE RESOURCES FOR THE POLICE DEPARTMENTS, BUT THEY'RE NOT EXACTLY CLEAR ON HOW THOSE SHOULD BE PUT TO USE. Mm-hmm. WHAT DO YOU, AS YOU LOOK AT THE Lexington POLICE DEPARTMENT,
1: WHAT COULD THEY DO BETTER? I, I DON'T WANT TO SAY BETTER. Um, You know, one thing we try to be respectful because public safety and law enforcement are partners of ours um, and they kind of respect the work we do. We respect their expertise. But I will say this and speak on this one thing that I think will help our work and something that the mayor has invested in. We need more community policing. We need more neighborhood resource officers, officers that are on the beat, build a relationship with these families and these young people. And so they're not just seeing police show up. Um, when something bad is happening. And once you build that relationship, um, I think good things happen. And I think that that's something that the mayor is committed to um, recently, I believe. And so as we try to continue rebuilding the force. Do you have an idea of how many there are right now? I believe that? I don't want to say the wrong figure, yeah, yeah. but I believe it is at, at least ten. I yeah, believe yeah. Um, neighborhood resource yeah, officers.
0: We've done stories over the years. Uh, the officers get out and shoot some basketball for time with mm-hmm. the, with some kids, or, or serve up some Kool Aid or something. Yeah. You know, it, it,
1: it, those things make a difference. I think they do. Um, uh, you know, and I see it because I'm out there. You know, even though I'm a director, um, because our organization is so small, I still have to do a lot. of street outreach myself and so being out there seeing police officers engage um, community members it just makes a world of difference I was talking to Michael Jones who's out in the Cardinal Valley area and he prides himself in being a community-oriented police officer Um, and it's just inspiring to hear him talk about how he engages his community not just enforcing within it but engaging And so that's what we need more of, not just in Lexington, but all around the country. You know, the candidates for mayor have
0: each said this is a long-term issue. uh, Yes. And
1: uh, it will take time to
0: solve. Do you sense a yearning in the public uh, for things to happen faster? I think so,
1: and I think, um, you know, people, we're losing lives. We're losing young people. Um, We just had a police officer get shot. We just had a 10-year-old get shot and killed. and so. Um, people see those gut-wrenching stories um, and people want a quick fix and i understand that's the generation we live in we can pick up our phone and have access to whatever we want when we want but violence reduction um, is not a phone app it's, it's we're not going to google our way to succeeding in this problem um, it's going to take a little bit of time um, there's some things we can do in the short term and we're doing it but to make sure lexington is safe in the future it's going to be a long game and we're committed to it
0: what would spell some success to you? And I think I probably asked you that question when sure. you first started the job. Now, sure. as you, you know, you look toward your first year. I mean, yeah, you're, yeah. you're six, seven months into this. What would spell some
1: measurable success? Sure. For me, I think what we saw last year, especially the second half of the year, is we saw um, violent crime and crime overall actually decrease. And so those are numbers that we can kind of be inspired by right within our work but i would love to see the shootings decrease i would love to see um you know juveniles less juveniles in the court system i would love to see our homicide number come down for a change right because i think this is the third year in which it's increased and so those are some measurable things Um, But to be honest, I want to see it continue to go down for the next 10, 20 years. I want Lexington, which still, when you look at the numbers, we're not nearly as bad as some other cities, um, but that doesn't mean much to the mother who just lost a son, right? And so we don't want to see anybody die um, by the hand of a gun. And we understand um, violence is going to happen and there's violence of circumstance is going to happen. But if we can get rid of these senseless murders, these senseless shootings, that's the ultimate goal. What do you need from the community right now? We need people to get engaged. We don't need people sitting back on the sidelines watching, um, judging and talking about what those of us who are in the fight are doing or not doing, Um, whether that's sharing a post whether it's connecting somebody to a resource, whether it's volunteering in the school system as a hall monitor, whether it's going to elementary school and reading, or it's joining us giving food out to the most vulnerable populations in Lexington, let's get involved. This is an all-in thing. It literally takes a village, and that's what we're looking more, pull more people into the village, more people to be a part of the solution, and not just talking about the problem.
0: And set examples.
1: That's it because in this generation our young people if they can't see it they can't believe it because they got these phones right and so they have to see us out in the community doing the right things and they see it they can see that there's another way they can see it's possible to do things in a more positive light but we got to show them
0: are you glad you got into this i
1: am Light of (laughs) work look look (laughs) i mean it's tough right it it is but you know what it's purpose-driven work i'm not an ambitious person i'm purpose-driven and so, you know, I don't have aspirations to do this, that, or the third. I just want to help people, and I'm getting the opportunity to do that every if day. If people want to know more about uh, One Lexington and your efforts, uh, they, sure. there's sure. They- a- they can find us, the website, on the city website. They type in One Lexington. and We have a Facebook page that's growing every day. We're up to 2,000 followers, and we post updates every week. Or they can reach out to me directly at dkarama at lexingtonky.gov.
0: Divine Karama, thanks for coming.
1: Appreciate, I appreciate it appreciate it. Thank you, sir.
0: And hope you'll stay with us. We'll be back on WKYT's Kentucky Newsmakers with a special report from our Garrett Weimer in just a moment. Welcome back to Kentucky Newsmakers. We're glad you're with us. First responders, you know, see it all. They do some of the things that many of us try to avoid, and that takes its toll emotionally and mentally. WKYT's Garrett Weimer is joining us uh, right now. We're going to talk a little bit about that in uh, uh, an effort to give these first responders a break and and an opportunity to heal. Uh, Tell us about that.
2: Yeah, so uh, in the piece you're going to see here in just a minute, uh, we kind of take you to uh, Camp Hero. Uh, IT'S A a PLACE STARTED BY A FORMER FIRST RESPONDER uh, AS A WAY TO uh, uh, HELP OTHER FIRST RESPONDERS KIND OF TAKE A STEP BACK, TAKE A BREATH, PRIORITIZE THEIR MENTAL HEALTH, AND NOT JUST uh, DO THAT IN NATURE, BUT ALSO DO THAT WITH OTHER FIRST Mm -hmm. RESPONDERS WHO THERE'S A BROTHERHOOD, THERE'S A a Mm -hmm. SISTERHOOD, uh, AND THEY KIND OF CAN can HELP EACH OTHER GET THROUGH SOME OF THE THINGS THEY'RE DEALING WITH. I
0: MEAN, IN THAT MOMENT, THEY DO WHAT HAS TO BE DONE, Mm -hmm. AND THEN THEY go home and live with it right
2: exactly i mean that's that's uh, that's that's the hard part you know they they face uh, the things that 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 a lot of us want to try to avoid they rush into situations that uh, that we run away from uh and there is becoming more and more of a realization that there is a a price to be paid for that uh, on their their mental health and there are real consequences for that
0: so this place that we're going to see is that sort of sanctuary
2: it, that's the goal, yes, and they are looking to uh, expand that this spring with some new programs and some new efforts to to get more people to uh, seek the help they need uh, so that this uh, doesn't uh, grow into an even larger problem. All
0: right, let's take a look at uh, Garrett's piece right now.
2: For all this land has to offer.
3: we got fields, mountains, streams, and uh, even a registered cave system that goes under the property.
2: Rocco Besignac bought it. 160 acres in rural Jackson County with one thing in mind
3: you can just feel the weight lift off your shoulders you just automatically feel relaxed um, you know you start you can just decompress just being out here and I this is I knew this was a special place and I want to be able to share it with other people.
2: Besignac is a former police officer he started Camp Hero in 2019 as a place for fellow first responders to escape. The silence here is a stark contrast. And I could look back and at specific dates and see. To a profession punctuated by noise. We're losing first
0: responders, especially in the last 24 months with the pandemic.
2: Just saying that, I'm done. You know, I can't deal with it anymore. Burnout and worse, post-traumatic stress, depression, suicide, all of it pointing to the increasing need for more mental health resources for first responders.
0: We always thought that it was just the military, but with first responders we found through science that you know we deal with the same type of physical and mental issues.
2: But there's still a stigma, and officials say some first responders are hesitant to reach out for help. And this is personal to you.
3: I've lost friends to suicide um, because of the mental health. I've been there also in the dark place. In 2016,
2: as a police officer, he was run over, dragged 20 feet, and forced to medically retire.
3: That's when everything I've ever dealt with, came to a head and that's when I started dealing with the depression, PTSD and everything because um, I felt like that my identity was taken away.
2: Bessignac has since found a new way to serve and is now taking it a step further.
3: You could be around someone that you've never even known and within an hour you automatically just click. Um, that could because... <coughs> fought the same fight, you've been through the same thing.
2: Teaming up with the Nature Reliance School, hoping a new nature immersion program will help even more first responders take a breath of fresh air.
0: We've got the research backing us up that being outdoors is good for all of us. Those that are hurting, those that are taking care of us, we wanted to be a part of doing whatever we can do to basically point people back to nature, which is part of all
2: of us. Turning off the two-way and getting away from the noise for a while can do a lot of good.
3: You could just sit here and just listen to the water and just relax. Look at the surroundings. Look at the light reflecting off the rocks. Look at, you know, the trees. And uh, you completely forget everything that is stressing you in life.
2: A sanctuary to take care of those who often bear the burden and the invisible scars of caring for us.
3: Um, People tell me all the time, you know, thanks so much. You don't know how much this has helped me. And I'm like, it's helped me just as much as it's helped you.
2: In Jackson County, Garrett Weimer, WKYT.
0: Peaceful place, right? And that's it is. The
2: goal? Uh, it's it's beautiful out there, and they've got a couple different sections out there. You saw a little bit of it. He mentioned the cave system running underneath. There's just a lot to offer out there, and really a lot that they're going to be able to do with that nature immersion program. Does
0: he feel there will be a, a good response to this, or are those who uh, would be hesitant to uh, to to step in, and especially here in the beginning?
2: So they they said that they expect there to be. Once they get the ball rolling with this, a a a great response. They know there's a need for it. They know there's a growing need for it but at first they do expect to be there to be a little bit of an issue because there's such a stigma that surrounds uh, mental health in in general uh, but also when you're talking about first responders and and one of the things uh, that that the folks we talked to for that story talked about is is the need to be 12 foot tall and bulletproof when you're doing your job and sometimes it can be hard to to separate that and 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 seek the help that you need uh, just because of that uh, that stigma.
0: there is an effort now to get uh, that in the legislature uh, first responder PTSD recognized.
2: That's right because there's there's a difficulty and this is from other folks that I've talked to a difficulty in getting, um, uh, benefits and recognition for PTSD as a mental illness, uh, and uh, it, because it's it's not recognized currently, not recognized unless you have a physical injury mm-hmm. that kind of goes along with it. And so there's a legislation proposed in this session to change that. It has been proposed before, it hasn't gone anywhere, but uh, we'll see what happens You're this time
0: on that. More now in the week ahead, there's a piece I know you've been working on uh, nursing home staffing.
2: That's right. It has been just like so many other industries dealing with staffing shortages and that kind of thing. Uh, but there's really a ripple effect that comes uh, that comes with that. Uh, backs up hospital beds, other ripple effects as well. And one thing that's interesting that uh, we talk about in the piece coming up on Thursday, Part of the solution, part of the short-term solution to this nursing home staffing problem is also part of, what's feeding the, uh, part of what's feeding the problem as well.
0: Garrett, if people have ideas for WKYT Investigate, you welcome those. You'd like to hear from folks, and how do they contact
2: you? Absolutely. You can contact us, investigates at WKYT.com. We are uh, always looking for ideas and things we need to, to be looking into.
0: All right. Garrett Weimer, thank you. Appreciate uh, you stepping in and an interesting piece and the great work you're doing. Thanks, Bill. Hope you'll stay with us on WKYT's Kentucky Newsmakers. We'll be back to wrap up in just a moment. And WKYT's full slate of public affairs programs will continue later this morning. Face the Nation from CBS of course. He is coming up at 1030 at 1130. Full Court Press with Greta Van Susteren. She'll have a look at the week's news from Washington and how it affects you. Full Court Press 1130 on WKYT. In the week ahead, the legislative session will continue. We'll continue to cover it on WKYT News. And that's this edition of Kentucky Newsmakers. We certainly do thank you for joining us. I'll see you this week on WKYT's Evening NEWSCASTS AND HOPE YOU MAKE IT A GOOD WEEK AHEAD.